0: And so as we enter into this morning, and you can go ahead and I want to welcome everybody that's going to be listening to us on Facebook live this morning. Um, we're going to actually go into the book of First Peter this morning. Uh, it's, it's a really cool book. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited that you guys are here for the start of this. I'm just going to do a quick two-week, pull some stuff out of First Peter sermons um, to get us to the Holy Spirit. But today, the title of my message is different. We're called to be different than the world. The world isn't asking us to change to be like culture. God said, you represent me and culture will change. It's not about becoming something that people are going to like. It's not about living for the approval of others. As Christy and I had a big, a big discussion about last night, a lot of the world lives for the approval of what other people think. Thankfully, a blessing and a curse of my life is I really don't care what other people think. I'm just going to try to be obedient to what God's calling me to do. Will I make mistakes along the way? Definitely. But that's why I have a God who looks at the heart and not at my outcomes. As long as I'm trying to be obedient, He's seeing that. And He will, he will you know, you can't steer a parked car. You, you want to grow your faith? You want to grow as a Christian? You've got to move. Because God can't steer you when you're standing still. God can't use your mouth when you don't open it. And that's just uh, extra for you. That's not even in my notes for today. That's just extra that God just laid on me. You want to see things change around you? Do something. Now God is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants. I totally believe that. He's chose to partner with each and every one of you, though, in your situations. He's chose you to do his work. As we get ready to go into this morning, as you all have gone to 1 Peter now, just a quick beginning of the thing. We're not going to read at the beginning. We're going to actually start in verse 13. But Peter was writing to a group of people at this point that were severely persecuted in Rome. Okay, they were under a lot of pressures. He wrote it somewhere between 60 and 65 AD. Peter wrote the book in a time of when the evil emperor Nero was in charge. Okay, so Christians are getting killed. All right? Dude burned down his own city. That's how evil he was, and he blamed the Christians for it. In fact, what did he call him? He calls him the follower of the way. That's what he called them. And you can find that in any history book you want to. Okay, so when people say blah, 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 blah about the Bible you can find historical evidence of people following the way in Rome that were being persecuted. And so there's historical evidence. I don't know about you, but how many of you guys are willing to die today for your faith? We say we would, but when this happens, like Peter, are we trying to do it in our flesh? Are we trying to do it with the Holy Spirit giving us the power to do it? Because in the flesh, Peter denied Jesus three times. He said, I'll die for you. I'll go to jail with you. I'll go anywhere you go, Jesus. And 10 minutes later, dude saying to this little girl, I don't know him. One me. We like to make, to judge some of these people in there, but how many of us are trying to do the same thing, living by our own, our own strength and not living in the obedience of the faith of the Holy Spirit following Jesus? And so Peter's writing to these guys to encourage them. It was, Peter wrote them and he essentially was trying to give them some hope when they had no idea what was going on. And the world around them again and again and again was just telling them everything they thought they believed was wrong. Now we have it nice and easy in Western Christianity. We don't see a lot of that here. And so what we've become very complacent with that. You know, I I joke with people on my hat that I got made that has our logo on it. On the back of it, I'm going to put a logo that says saved, not soft. Because I'm saved, but I'm not soft. I'm going to stand for what I believe. I'm going to fight for what's right. I'm not going to stand back and just be a doormat, which a lot of people in Christianity thinks we're just supposed to, you know, because we use that verse, well, turn the other cheek. Well, you got to do this. Jesus was this. Jesus is the same guy that turned over tables. God is the same guy that took out nations. Jesus was not soft. He had more power than probably any man who ever lived because it was controlled by the Holy Spirit. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, I'm calling you and I'm telling you where you are called to be different. You are called to have different values, you're called to have different passions. You're called to use your time differently. You're called to use your resources differently. We're called to be different parents. We're called to be different spouses. And we're called to be different in the way that we do our work. When we go to work, it says, do all your work as if if you're doing it unto the Lord. So how many, when you go to your job, treat it like you're doing it as unto the Lord, or you're doing it to collect a paycheck? It's something I came to the realization of last night sitting and praying over this message. I stayed at the hospital about two years too long because I was doing it for the paycheck. I wasn't doing it because it's where God had called me to be. And that's why every day I went in there and then the phone rang. Instantly, it set me off. I'm like, what are they going to call and ask me for today? Because I stayed too long where God hadn't called me to be anymore. God says in Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So tomorrow morning, if you have to get up and work on a holiday, whatever you're doing tomorrow, do it unto the Lord. You're called to be different. If you're a follower of Jesus, God's calling us to be different. He's not calling us to be conformed to the world. He's calling us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, as it says in Romans 12.2. Why? Because I truly believe the world is looking for a real relationship with God. Why do we have the things going on in our world we do today? Because people have lost hope. The church stands back and says, this this generation is this, this generation is that. But we're called to be the church to give those those exact people the hope of Jesus Christ that we have. Why did one of the gentlemen come up to me at the at the party in the park and said this is just different because for Rice it is different. We did an outdoor concert, we had a rapper come in, we gave away gifts, we had people who said they couldn't believe we gave everything away. That's different. Businesses are all about making money. Churches should be all about giving it right back out the, the door. I'm a firm believer and you can ask Emo this from the day I got here I said when's enough enough? How much money in the bank is enough? Because if I got a big bank account, it's probably mean I'm not reaching the people Jesus has called me to reach. Now, God calls me to be good stewards. Don't hear me wrong. He calls us all to be good stewards of our finances. But God also warns us to store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy. And when we understand we're called to be different and we start reading the Bible as if it really is written for us, It's not just a good book. You know, the Bible does say again, all Scripture is written to correct us when we're wrong, to teach us what we need to know, to keep us going in a straight line. All Scripture, not just part of the stuff we like. The problem for so many in our culture today, and I say it's a big problem for many of us also and those following Christ, is you have too great a desire to fit in. You have too great a desire worrying what other people think about you. The biggest obstacle for so many to be faithful to God's call is to be different because we want to look like everyone else. We don't want to stand out from the crowd. We want to have people who like us. And again, Jesus said you don't belong to this world. And that's what we're going to read about in 1 Peter here. God says you're just traveling through. This ain't your home. You know, we always joke about, as as parents, we always talk about I want to plant roots, right? I want to put down my roots. Well, my roots are in heaven. They ain't on this earth. So we can have our roots in our families, but they're temporary roots. They're temporary. Jesus has called us by God to stand out, to be set apart, to be different than the way being different in all the ways we do things. If you look around today, I don't want to be normal. Look at our world and what normal is. I mean, normal's broke. Normal is just busted. Because normal is broken people. Normal is mental problems. having, Having things going on in our heads. Normal is divorce. Normal is fear. Normal is tension. Normal is those sleepless nights worrying about what you're going to do next. Normal is anxiety. Normal is like not liking your job and fighting depression, going to your job every day. How many of you with that description want the normal road? I don't. And Jesus talks about that. He said there is a normal road, but it's wide. And it leads to hell. There's a narrow road. With a narrow gate that not many are going to find. I want to be on that narrow road. I want to be through that narrow gate following Jesus. So in First Peter chapter one, let's go ahead and start in verse 13. For you know that it is not what is perishable, it's not the perishable things such as silver or gold that, are, that were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And it goes on to say he is chosen, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. So, in this verse, as, as Peter again is talking to these Roman followers of Christ who are being severely persecuted, put to death, burned at the stake, whatever you can possibly think of was going on with these guys, <laughs> he's, he's encouraging them to live obedient. He's not encouraging them to run from the problems. Because how many of us do that? That's normal, right? i got a problem I want to face, I'm just going to run away from it. It'll take care of itself, does it? No, it doesn't. It's still there when you come back. You'll see people move all over the country trying to find a better life geography 99% of the time isn't the issue the heart is the issue cuz we drag our problems wherever we go now they may go away for a while but they have a sneaky little way of coming back i can remember doing that when i struggled with drinking i would be good i hit the gym i got in shape i'd actually look good back then my son was born he was 6 months old i got a picture of him standing up against my legs I'm like five weeks away from competing in bodybuilding. I got this. I'm good. I've been good. So I can go out tonight. Over the next six months, I ended up worse than what I had walked out of six months prior to that because I thought I could do it. It was a heart issue that I never dealt with. There's a thing in computers that says garbage in, garbage out what you put in is what's going to come out. And if you don't replace once you take it out, the Bible kind of talks about that, it can be swept clean, but guess what? That dude is going to come back with more problems and more friends and mess you up worse than you were to begin with. So Christianity isn't behavior modification. It's heart transformation. And the only one who transforms hearts is Jesus Christ. And so when we shared this weekend at our party in the park... Guess what we did? We shared Jesus Christ. He uses his platform to proclaim what God's done for him. You can do the same thing. You may not be able to rap and dance like they do, and that's okay. You have the same testimony of what God's done for you. If you want to go to the next slide real quick, Gary. Actually, next one after that. Click it one more time. I don't have my clicker up here. How many of you guys would agree with this statement? God's highest calling for you is not your happiness, but your holiness. God never called us to be happy. In fact, in verse 14, it talks about that. The text goes through and says us be holy in all that you do. He doesn't say be happy in everything you do. But we've created a theology of happiness in Christianity. If I'm happy, then God must love me and things are going right. Well, happiness is based on happenings. If my happenings are good, I'm happy. If my happenings aren't good, I'm not so happy. God called us to be holy, not happy. And with holiness comes a joy and a peace that surpasses all understanding. See how this God stuff works? We get one, we get multiple. God said, if you just take this step, I can show you this one. If you quit worrying about your happiness and become holy, I can give you joy. That'll give you, and you start walking down that road. And when we run up against opposition, what happens? We say, uh-uh, I'm a child of God. Yeah, but remember when you did this? uh Uh-uh. Jesus forgave me for that. That's not who I am. Yeah, but remember, you couldn't do this before. That's right. I'm going to bring somebody along with me this time who can do it. And we start living holy lives. Everything we do is to glorify God, not people. Because when you live for the approval of other people, a people will let you down. God will never let you down. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Do you live your life like that? That when trouble's coming, you know Jesus is with you. Within our theology of happiness, the other thing that happens with that is all of a sudden you start to personally justify decisions. Well, I'm not as bad as these people. I don't do what they do. And we start justifying why we're sinning. Because if it's not holy and it's not following God, it's not right. Would you agree with me on that? Can I get an amen on that or something? If you don't agree with me, that's fine. Thank you. I'm just, this is some good preaching right now. It's okay if I borrow money to buy this because God wants me to have it. I've heard that from people. And people go into debt. And what does that lead to? Anxiety. And what does that lead to? Strife in your marriage. And what does that lead to? You can lead to divorce. All because we justified a decision we wanted to make that wasn't following God. For guys, we're physical. We're physical beings. And we can justify that stuff. And if n- none of you guys ever did it, I'll pray for you. Because I will be the first to admit I did. And I had to have a heart transformation of my mind and my heart by the Holy Spirit to start to see things differently. I had to let God rewire my brain. For women, it's different. And you've got different things. You're very emotional. And we can can let our faith be based on our emotions. And when I'm happy and I'm having a good day, my faith is good and I trust God and God's good. But when I'm having a bad day or this is going on or that is going on, my faith is still there, but it's not as strong because I'm not getting what I want out of this. And so we based our theology and Christianity on on our own emotions, not who God says he is, and not who God's called us to believe be. Because when we believe all else that God wants us to be happy. Suddenly those inconveniences and those delays are God's denials and we start questioning God and the enemy comes in and does the same thing today he did back in the Garden of Eden and he tries to get you to question God's character. Did God really say you shouldn't do this? And we start justifying it. Did God really say you shouldn't drink? Well, it says I, It doesn't say I can't drink so I must be able to so I'm going to drink. And if I have to justify it for myself, it's wrong. And now I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about any of you guys because I know me. But I will not stand up here ever and create a theology and a doctrine out of a personal conviction God's given me because that's not what God said to do. God said, Be holy because I'm holy. If you struggle with watching the TV too much, don't watch the TV. If you struggle with playing video games too much, get your butt off the video games. If you struggle with alcohol, stay away from it. It's not for all of you guys. Because the Holy Spirit will convict you of the things you struggle with. One of the questions I got this week at Party in the Park, what should I wear? I'm thinking I should wear a suit. I'm like, I think Adam wore those shorts and t-shirt last Sunday. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. Well, what about if I, if I struggle with this? Come on in. Well, what if I have? I heard that like three or four times from different people. Because what do they think of church? I have to look my Sunday best. Because y'all, if y'all my age, y'all heard that at least once. You got to put on your Sunday best for Church. Now, I'm not saying come in like a scrub, and if you're a follower of Christ, definitely dress appropriately, moderately, and decently. But when somebody who's lost comes in, they don't know any better. If you're And I love that's when, when Paul said that. I didn't know what sin was until the law came. And so all the people who we want to call lost and we want to judge for what they're doing, if they don't know what they're doing is wrong because we haven't told them and God hasn't convicted them, How are they ever going to know? And they'll never feel accepted and they'll never walk through our doors. We're called to be holy. Paul, Peter wrote this to the believers. He didn't write it to the people walking around in the street who aren't here this morning. He said, you be holy because I am holy. When you're holy, it will represent me to the world and it will draw them to me. And then I can teach them to be holy. And that's our job. It's to teach them. We, we truly have an enemy who lies a lot. We like to push the devil on the back shelf. But guess what? He's real. I cannot defeat him on my own. I'm pretty sure I've read stories in the, in the Bible where the archangel Michael would not face Satan on his own. He called on the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is the name above every name that defeats everything. That is a big amen because God wants you to be holy and be like Him. He created you to be transformed into the image of His Son. And when He starts to transform our heart, and I'm going to play a song at the end today from the inside out. It's still a great song today, years later. God changes us from the inside and it comes out. When I try to do external modifications, it doesn't change me on the inside. I can show up for church on Sunday morning and you know, I, I, there, are, there are some out there, they are great charismatic speakers, they are great worship leaders, they are great musicians, they do a lot of great things. But the life they live off the platform does not match what they say on Sunday mornings. And that breaks my heart. Because that's what I am constantly looking at myself and I struggle. I have problems. I do things wrong. Just ask my wife. But my heart and my zeal is to see Jesus. And to see Jesus in all of you. And to see Jesus we all come in contact with. And so when we understand our highest calling isn't to be happiest, to be holy, we start to become more like Christ. And if you go to the next slide, or the next, just push it over one more time. Living holy isn't the path to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is the path to living holy. We've got that backwards in the church today. If I act a certain way, if I dress a certain way, if I read a certain book, if I listen to a certain type of music, then I'm going to be a better Christian. And to become a better Christian is to know Christ. And that's just the easy part of this. The easy part is knowing Christ. And the next thing underneath it says, are you letting the Holy Spirit change you from the inside out? Or are you hanging on to things that don't need to be there anymore? The Bible talks about us being not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. The Bible talks about us speaking, convicting, showing, and leading us to righteousness. So as I close this out with some scripture, I hope, hopefully you'll see why this matters and why 1 Peter is so important. Because verses 18-21, through 21, Peter goes on to say to these hurting Christians, he says, you need to remember, for you know it was not the perishable thing, silver or gold. You were redeemed from this empty way of life that was handed down from your ancestors. It wasn't with these things that you were set free from the longing of wanting more. He said, but it was with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. It was his sinless son who set us free. It was Jesus that pointed you toward life. It was the risen son who forgave your sins and made you new. He chose you before the creation of the world. But he was revealed in these last days for your sake. So when you walked into church, this is just as much for your sake today as it was for them back then. And when we understand living holy, we can't be good enough on our own to please him. Living holy is following Jesus and letting Jesus live in us. Because suddenly when we know Christ, it's not about that I have to do this and that I don't want to do this and I get to do this and I wish I could do this and I wish I could be wild this night and that's kind of fun. But our hearts and on the inside of us start to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and the power of the Holy Spirit and we start to reflect the sun. I'm not ashamed today to confess that I'm different than I was. I still run into people who know who I was. But I can proudly proclaim who I am today and I am not that person anymore. Because out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth's going to speak. This morning... If you're hearing from Jesus and you believe in Jesus, you have a new heart. And out of that heart, your mouth will speak as you spend time with God. The fruit of the Spirit start to become the roots of who we are and they start to grow deep down in Christ and we understand that this is not our home, but heaven is our home and we place our roots in what's eternal, not what's temporal. Temporal. I'm becoming today more like Christ. You are becoming today more like Christ. Not naturally, but supernaturally. By His power, you're starting to live a life worthy of the calling that He set you apart for. Because He did it. And you don't have to. That's the freedom in Christ. I don't have to work at this. I just got to spend time with God. And to me, that's not work. So to wrap up this morning, we're going to pray. Thank you for listening to us on Facebook Live this morning. Father, I actually wrote my prayer down. (laughs) Father, I ask you today that you would do what only you can do. God, show us and show me who you are. I recognize the closer we get to you, the more we're aware of our own shortcomings and sinfulness. So God, show us today. And God, I know we cannot do it on our own. We don't have the power or the ability. So thank you for sending your Holy Spirit that changes everything from the inside out. Give us the grace, God. May we grow closer to you in every way. And God, would you change our hearts and renew our minds. Make us different on the inside, God, so that our outside's actions start to change. God, help us to fall in love, so in love with you that we cannot stay the same. God, I'm praying this morning for the power to break addictions. I'm praying for the power in Jesus' name to change hearts. I'm praying for marriages to be saved this morning. I'm praying for people to be healed this morning in the name of Jesus. I'm praying for family members that we have, for those here and for those who aren't here, God, who are going through some stuff, that, God, you show up in the midst of their circumstances. But most of all, God, this morning I want to pray and ask for your forgiveness. Forgiveness of busyness. God, we had a lot of things going on recently and I just got a verse that I have to read because God told me I needed to. And it was from one of our verses or one of our readings this week. And it smacked me in the face. It was a reminder of why we do what we do. It's Psalm 127. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand and watch in vain. In vain you rise early and you stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. And when I read that, God, I understand that you are calling us to be faithful servants, but you're calling us for you. Not for busyness. Because if we do it on our own, we're laboring in vain. If we're trying to build the house in our own strength, God, it's, it's useless. Jesus, you warned us about it too in the New Testament when you talked about when you build your house on the sand or on a rock. Are we being wise men, God, with our lives, with our time, with our jobs, with our money? And if we're not, God, I wanna, I, I'm asking you this morning to supernaturally reveal to each one of us where we need to change. And so, God, I want to thank you this morning for who you are. I want to thank you that I surrendered my life to you and and that you've made me new. And, God, I, I pray that for everyone here that they thank you that you made them new. Every day it's a newness in you, God. And so, God, I just ask you to do what only you can do with our church body and with our church as we continue to seek your face and make you known. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now to wrap up this morning, i got four questions up on the screen I want you guys to think about for reflection this week. They'll be coming up on the screen. First one, are there three areas you struggle with most trying to fit in? Are there areas in your life that you act differently in those circumstances? Next one, when is the time you, you put your happiness above God's call for holiness? When did you do something because it was going to make you happy even though you had that little prompting that said you shouldn't do it? Next one, what are the biggest ways that I am different from the world? That one smacked me up a little bit and made me really look at my life. How is my life living a representation of Jesus Christ or am I looking just like the world and what I'm doing? And the last one is what is the area that God wants you to be different so, this weekend, as actually as we go through, I wish I put my music on the other next on this slide. Just take a couple minutes this morning. Think about those questions. Don't change them away. I'll come back and put some music on. And just let God talk to you about that. And there may just be one question on there that jumps out to you, and that's fine. Meditate on that one question and ask God, What do I need to do? How can I be different, but different for you? There are a lot of people out there who just try to be different. I want to be different on purpose and with a purpose.